Hello and welcome to the Consumer Goods Forum End-to-End Value Chain Podcast. My name is Joelle Mbouya-Leclerc, and in this podcast series, you'll be hearing industry insights from experts working towards collaborative solutions that benefit the entire value chain. I'm away on maternity leave at the moment, but I'm delighted to leave you with end-to-end value chain director, Rudy Hagedorn, who is your new podcast host while I'm away. Over to you, Rudy. Welcome, Rajesh Ray, Associate Partner, CPG and Retail Industries at IBM, and also renowned author and participant in a lot of other industry bodies and nonprofit organizations with a specialist and, uh, I would say, really renowned expert in supply chain. Welcome, Rajesh. Thanks. Thanks, Rudy, for Yeah. So, Roger, we have been uh, also working together on some other titles already that our readers and listeners can um, find on our website. Uh, today, we are talking about COVID-19, the pandemic. And uh, the key question, of course, is from an expert's point of view, what is the impact on our industry that you will currently see, especially in consumers? What would be some insights you would like to share? So I'll maybe divide it in, in two parts. One is on impact on countries and then impact on different consumer goods categories. So first one on the impact on countries, I think it is more or less known to all of uh, our users. As you know, that in terms of geography, the impact is most severe in North America, UK, uh, Central Europe, and some of the Middle East countries. Uh, Nordics and ANZ still reported very few cases. Uh, China seems to be coming out of it. And on the other contrary, many countries in Asia are reporting new cases on daily basis, which is a cause of huge concern because some of these countries have huge population, like countries like India. And experts believe that few of them are entering stage three of community outbreak now. So, so that's about the country view. In terms of consumer goods product categories, I will say impacts are mixed. Like Salesforce leveraged several non-food and beverage categories. Uh, the the uh, demand now is running at almost all-time low. Examples of these can be consumer electronics, um, or apparel, luxury items, home furnishing items, etc. Sales is low for a variety of reasons for these categories, like uh, people are not ready to make fresh investments at this point for uh, uh, items which are supposed to be expensive, like home furnishing items or consumer electronics items. Um, components are on short supply, so most of the white goods industry and consumer electronics com- companies are suffering for that. Closer of retail shop for most of these non-essential categories um, which is essentially the things are not selling, so uh, the demand is obviously low, and challenges in terms of logistics. However, demand for essential food, food ingredients, staples, snacks, beverage, grocery items, we see an all-time high demand uh, at this point. For Again, for different reasons. One of the obvious reasons is panic buying. People are storing much more than what they consume. Example are essential food, grocery items. Then there are closer of restaurants. That means uh, people are cooking more at home. In, uh, demand for food ingredients is very high at this point. 
for this reason and finally uh, as people are spending more time at home that also skyrockets the demand for categories like snacks uh, brewery items certain beverages etc yeah well done thank you so much um and what is your guess so once the situation becomes normal um what will we witness what would your kind of guess currently uh again uh, we need to see how it really eventually shapes up but my guess is the impact once the situation becomes normal or once we reach the new normal the impact will be again different on uh, different um, uh, consumer goods categories for certain food product categories like food ingredients staples grocery items Uh, demands will possibly taper off once the situation becomes normal as people had already stored too much of it as as i was seeing in some of the social media channels um that um, uh, people had stored um uh, uh, lots of toilet papers obviously they don't need that much so the demand for these categories we we assume that it will come down uh but um, and uh, for certain categories like snacks brewery items that may not be exactly true it's not that uh, people will you know uh, as people had these are typically the categories which you take for ready consumption you do not store it um, and so once we reach the new normal demand for these categories may not taper up so it may remain uh, same or it may remain as it used to be in the normal condition uh, demand for food ingredients again i may i think may come down as restaurants starts opening up and uh, the most important the non food categories where i was telling earlier that the demand is all time low i believe the demands will pick up at least from the current situation it will still take some time be- before it reaches normal uh, but uh, and that, that's for sure the demand will improve once we come out of this situation and it will take some time before it reaches uh, the normal situation as we call yeah thank you so much so um looking into the the next steps uh, every company is currently battling the pandemic and every company has also developed their own strategy and its own strategy uh, with regard to how to battle the challenge so to say um are there any insights you can share about what you see is currently occurring and what kind of strategies companies might adopt okay so as social isolation is the current priority we can see uh, i mean in many many countries you can see that retailers are allowing selected number of customers in their premises so in certain countries uh, to avoid panic buying production ration like you know you can buy only one bread or probably two milk uh, you are not allowed um, to buy more than that we also see uh, that the good thing is that we see a better coordination and flexibility among consumer goods companies and retailers these days because everyone uh, understands that uh, the demand for grocery items is huge and people need to uh, be supplied with this item and so many retailers are accepting delivery beyond normal delivery hours or even at at times they're accepting uh, pallets or or you know cartons which are slightly broken which which in normal usual cases they will probably have not accepted 
online grocery and food retailers are trying their best to handle increased volume and because you know as you know that this is the first time in many countries they are seeing such a huge demand and they are paying extra to the team delivering products and you can see that with many retailers retailers as well they are paying more for the frontline product um, people because they are extremely busy now uh, retailers in general had annual announced multiple benefits to their frontline employees who are providing services at this point and many consumer goods companies i am seeing that they are relooking at the supply chain to figure out what best can be done to keep to keep their supply chain running given the situation they had that they have complete demand shift in certain product categories and several of their manufacturing locations are closed like you know uh, in europe we are seeing examples there are certain pockets in europe like you say nordics especially in countries like sweden which is not much affected in this um, a lot of companies uh, companies in central europe are looking at that can we find out a sourcing model um, for the time being where even if the transport cost is little higher to get the materials from there to keep the retail shelves filled um and and you know uh, to handle this situation for the time being um you you mentioned some countries and different areas especially the role of governments uh, with regard to our industry how would you see the current role there rajesh so again i think the role of government is varying as for the country in general they're trying to ensure the supply of essentials Uh, keeping markets open uh, for restricted number of hours and in many countries they are keeping the markets open for four or five hours a day and taking all sorts of measures to prevent panic buying uh, like you know rationing of items is adopted in many countries to ensure that you know um, uh, people don't some people don't pick up too much and a, a, a lot of people don't get nothing in some of the most popular countries of the world even police forces deputed in markets to ensure social distancing and to prevent this kind of panic buying uh, different governments are supplying free food or foods at reduced cost uh, through ration shops to daily laborers and poor because they are the worst affected in this scenario uh, in north america government had extended hours for drivers to sort out some of the logistics challenges the country was facing so that you know uh, there is the non the essential items can really be transported to the places where it is most needed now now things are evolving on a daily basis so the role role of government is also changing accordingly some of the country, i mean some of the zones are uh, becoming getting declared as hot spots and you know you see, you see a tougher government measures there uh, and again you know some of the some of the places where it, where you know the the things the cases getting reported is coming down government is slowly opening up so i think the situations are changing on a daily basis as the things are progressing uh, but but few of the things which we see in general i think i tried to uh, give that as a synopsis here yeah now very clear and uh, now taking a brave leap into the future so um, not just just coming out of pandemia but far into the future so to say long term how would you assess what will change for our industry for our companies for consumers uh, i think there will be uh, so I, i think probably i'll talk about four changes which i which i see uh, i think in many ways covid 19 will make senior management of many consumer goods companies and retailers of their future supply chain strategy then then to rethink their future supply chain strategy and i think that will shape up in four 
four different dimensions, as I was telling you. The first one is sustainable sourcing and devising sourcing strategy, keeping country risk in mind. Sourcing strategy cannot be based only on lowest cost. So that is something a lot of companies are looking at. That's number one. The number one, number, the number two is supply chain risk management. That supply chain risk management is a process uh, I believe will come in as a mainstream process because it is often neglected in many companies. You will see there is a procurement process, there is a distribution process, there is a manufacturing process, but never risk management is considered as a process. Like you know, some of the agri-trading companies which have worked in the past, there I had seen a department for risk management because their product prices are changing on a daily basis. So that so risk management they take very seriously. Otherwise, in CPG companies, risk management is generally a neglected phenomena, which I think will become important after this. Though nothing can manage an extreme situation like this, because as I told that we, you probably see this kind of situation once in a generation. Uh, but if risk management becomes a mainstream process, companies will probably be a little better prepared to handle uh, such situation. If not such an extreme situation, at least 30-40% variations of their demand and supply and they'll be able to handle. So, so, that, so that's the second one, this risk management. Third one, um, what I see is that online retailing in certain countries, especially in developed countries, developing countries like India, uh, very recently understood the challenge of delivery when online delivery itself becomes mainstream. And I think they will relook at their supply chain strategy. How they can supply only 50 essential SKUs instead of 5,000 SKUs, which they normally handle in volumes, which is 1,000 times more than the normal. So this is the first time they experience that. So they have 5,000 items in their, in their catalog, but only their 50 items is in demand. And that demand is 1,000 times more than the normal. And I, I, I see many models here coming up. One of the, one of the few models which had come up is um, uh, a lot of these online grocery companies are tying up with cab companies like Uber uh, to make deliveries. They are tying up with um, the food services companies like Zomato um, uh, to tie up and do deliveries of grocery items at home. So many of these models are evolving and I'm sure many of these become models will become mainstream models uh, for online grocery retailers if these experiments succeed. And another uh, is finally possibly also help, help building more sustainable relationship between consumer goods companies and retailers as we had seen in last few weeks. We had seen the relationship had become much stronger because both un understand the urgency of the situation. And I, I believe that relationship uh, will become stronger going forward as well, which will help both the industries. So I think those are the four areas where I believe uh, we will see long-term impact uh, for COVID-19 on consumer goods companies. Thank you for these points, Rajesh, and thank you for your time today. Looking forward also to our next uh, talk, hopefully in the near future. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. Thanks. And uh, goodbye to everybody who is listening. Thank you. Goodbye. And thank you very much to our listeners for tuning in to yet another episode of the End to End Value Chain Podcast. And be sure to catch the next one. In the meantime, to listen to previous podcast episodes, 
or for more information about the end-to-end value chain initiative, please visit www.tcgfvaluechain.com.